0: This is Transistor, a science series from PRX.
1: I'm Genevieve Sponsler, and in this episode, we have a special story for you from the Galapagos Islands. Of course, made famous by Charles Darwin's theory of evolution there's still a lot of science going on there. Veronique Lacopra is a science reporter at St. Louis Public Radio and a scientist herself, and she went to the Galapagos to meet with two young women scientists in 2013. She brought us this story about their work, but also the challenges of being young women in a field dominated
2: by men. I'm Veronique, and this is Mari. My name is Mari Cruz Jaramillo, and soy de Quito, Ecuador. Mari Cruz Jaramillo grew up in Ecuador's capital, Quito, but she always loved being out in nature.
3: When I look at pictures of myself when I was little, I always see, like, I have a really happy face when I'm outside. I don't know, maybe I associated it with spending time with my family and my dad. Then I could just run, and I would pick up stuff from the ground, and (laughs) I just really love being outdoors. I was pretty much the same way. I brought my mom home
2: tadpoles, caterpillars, earthworms, and eventually a Ph.D. in ecology and evolution. Mari's getting hers now from the University of Missouri, St. Louis. And
3: she's doing fieldwork in the one place I think every ecologist wants to go. Ever since I knew I wanted to be a biologist, I wanted to come to the Galapagos Islands. That was my goal. And my dream, too. But they're not easy to
2: get to. The Galapagos Islands are in the Pacific, 600 miles west of Ecuador. From St. Louis, it took me two days, three flights, a ferry ride, and 45 minutes in a pickup truck to get there. Charles Darwin took a ship, the HMS Beagle. He was only 26 when he visited the Galapagos, about Mari's age. What he saw changed his life and the history of science. Most of the wildlife that lives on these volcanic mounds is found nowhere else in the world giant tortoises, marine iguanas, and those little sparrow-like birds known as Darwin's finches. Mari first made it to the Galapagos five years ago. She's back again, studying a kind of malaria that's infecting birds here. In Hawaii, avian malaria has driven many native bird species to extinction. That hasn't happened in the Galapagos, but Mari and other scientists are trying to gauge the threat. It's 5.30 in the morning, and it's just barely starting to get light in the sky. I'm meeting the researchers who are going to be setting up some mist nets to catch birds.
3: Who wants to set another net?
2: Mist nets look sort of like volleyball nets, but around twice as high and reaching almost to the ground. Their mesh is nearly invisible. The birds fly right into it and get snagged. Mari and the others work quickly to untangle them.
3: When you have a bird in your hand, it's just really warm and soft, and you can feel its really fast heartbeat. And you you just know that you're holding something really fragile. Each bird gets weighed and measured. This one's 45
2: grams. Mari, or one of her helpers, takes a small blood sample to test later for malaria. Then they release the bird again.
3: This little one is ready to go.
0: Lau Ladaguna Samoa Asigao Launa Papua New
2: Samoa Asigao speaks Motu along with pidgin and English, among the many languages in her country, Papua New Guinea. It's an island nation just north of Australia. Samoa met Mari in graduate school in St. Louis. She's in the Galapagos, trying to help solve a different piece of the avian malaria puzzle which species of mosquito is transmitting the parasite from bird to bird. Just before dusk, Samoa sets out her traps. The
0: thing about trapping mosquitoes is you have to think like a mosquito.
2: Female mosquitoes, they're the ones that bite and can spread disease, like to lay their eggs in stagnant water. So Samoa mixes up a smelly brew for her traps.
0: Every time I pour this water, in my mind I'm like thinking, like, mosquitoes, please come, come to it, so I can trap in the morning. Seriously, that's what I do every time.
2: Oh, it smells good, right? Actually, it smells like rancid gym socks. The smellier the water, the more mosquitoes she'll get and be able to dissect. Working with a microscope, delicate tools, and very steady hands, she'll chop off their tiny heads and extract their salivary glands to look for the malaria parasite. Samoa has stared at so many mosquitoes so close up, she has started to appreciate them
0: especially a species called Aedes aegypti. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's covered in these black and white bands all over its legs, all over its abdomen, its face. And yeah, the first time I saw it under a microscope, I kind of fell in love with it in a weird way.
2: Samoa says her parents encouraged her to get an education and pursue a career in science. But she says most people in Papua New Guinea hold strongly to traditional beliefs and gender roles.
0: And just growing up and looking around and seeing the opportunities that were given to males rather than females, that sort of placed an aggression in me, good aggression. It told me that, hey, why do males always have to get chosen over females?
2: For Samoa, becoming a scientist started out as a way to
0: prove herself. But eventually, it became more than that. I realized that, no, science was something that I really wanted to do.
2: Once she gets her Ph.D., Samoa wants to return to Papua New Guinea to help protect wildlife there. And she hopes to be a role model and train a new generation of female scientists.
0: Empower young girls, empower women, and tell them, you know, if, if I can come from a country like Papua New Guinea, come and do research in a place like Galapagos and study at an institution like my university, then you can do it too.
2: Her friend Mari plans to keep doing research in her home country of Ecuador, maybe in the Galapagos Islands.
3: I don't know exactly if I would enjoy my life as much if I wasn't a scientist. Sometimes, though, Mari thinks about all the hard work and long hours. But then, then I realized, like, what else would I be doing? I wouldn't be enjoying it as much if I was doing something else. So it's my way of life. It's essentially what I am, I think.
1: This story was produced for our STEM Story Project, an open call for unique science radio. Head to transistor.prx.org to see photos of Mari and Samoa in the field, plus some really cute bird pictures. AV Club said Transistor might be the next big thing, and we think so too. Subscribe and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. The Transistor team includes me, PRX Chief Content Officer John Barth, and Lily Bowie. This episode was produced by Veronique Copra and mixed for Transistor by Erica Lance. Transistor is supported by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science, technology, and economic performance. More information at sloan.org. This is PRX.